Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's whenever you're listening to this and you know what that means. It means it's time for the WrestleWolf Wrestling Podcast, AEW edition. I'm your host, Dr. David Gibson, and joining me, as always, is the King of Marks, the man that when he speaks, fucking neck me, fucking listen. He is a good friend of mine, an AEW fan, an all-round Marky Mark. It's Paulie T. Hey, brother. How you doing? Good. I'm good. I'm just going to turn my gain down a little bit on my mic because I just may have been clipping a little bit. I'm good, man. I'm what good. a week. What a week in which uh, Will Smith d- uh, put in his audition tape for the Blackpool <laughs> Combat Club. <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting. I suppose we can talk about this because there is some wrestling crossover. There is some AEW crossover. Taz immediately came out and said it was a work. Uh, <laughs> and then... All I didn't see the replies, but I saw Taz going, holy shit, people are getting really hot about me saying this is a work. Don't worry about it. I take it back. <laughs> uh, but a lot of wrestling Twitter people saying that it was a work. But um, I don't know, man. You watch the slow-mo footage. Chris Rock does. His first instinct is to close his fist. So um, I don't know. What a bizarre thing what a bizarre it was truly bizarre yes it was weird man because i just for some reason that day as well checked in on twitter which i try really not to do um (laughs) and it 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 had happened like five minutes beforehand so i was there at ground zero where people were just losing their (laughs) just losing their minds about this incident so so crazy anyway um I mean, it's stuff like that that almost makes wrestling look like a respectable pastime now, right? Donald Trump as president and Will Smith smacking other comedians at the Oscars. It's like, well, it's perfectly reasonable to watch 12 to 15 hours of pro wrestling a week. Yeah. Right, Paul? It's 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 not cool to uh, (laughs) to physically to use physical violence uh, when it hasn't been. Uh, openly agreed to is something that you're willing to participate in. <laughs> Pre predetermined is what I think the boys and girls like to say. Yes, yes. I've been pulled up on that a few times. The, uh, match, the <laughs> outcomes, the outcomes of the matches are predetermined, but uh, 
pretty much uh, from from go go from the starting point to that predetermined decision. They usually have uh, they usually have uh, a lot of creative um, input and uh, much more than uh, much more than elsewhere. Um, I thought, like, just quickly in our intro before we get into corrections, we could maybe talk about if there's any. If you haven't, that's fine. But if there's any wrestling outside of AEW you've been watching and enjoying, um, I'll go first. Gives you a little bit of time because I've just sprung this on you. Uh, I watch BTE every week and have been for the last three years. In fact, I would, I binged a whole bunch of it during the lockdown, found it so easy to watch and really helped me to fall in love with the AEW roster. Like it I, it does a really fantastic job of painting or colouring in some of the people that you don't know as well. Um, and like Orange Cassidy basically got over on BTE for me, the, the, the Young Bucks. I did not like them until I started watching BTE and then was like, oh, I get it, right, like you're geniuses. <laughs> um, Trent, like there's so many. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, The Dark Order. Um, so it was their 300th episode this week and uh, was a lot of fun. So it goes for half an hour. It's pretty much all Bucks. Bucks are in almost every segment. So uh, if you're Bucks fans or AEW fans, um, I'm not sure why I'm spruiking this because they get like 350,000 views a week, but – um, well, it's great. It's really, it's really fun. And for the big episodes, they they really pull out all the stops. So, if you're hungry for more AW content, BTE is the place to go. Well, I I personally haven't been watching any other uh, promotions lately, but just um, on a similar vein, uh, we have been talking in recent episodes about a um, an upcoming promotion, a tour of Australia uh, that is not related to. AEW, but does include some talent that have attachments to AEW, and it's World Series Wrestling, um, and uh, they added uh, Jonah or Jonah Rock uh, to oh, the series to the lineup. Yes, um, so uh, let's just uh, see if I can find that listing. Yeah, so we've got um, Taya Valkyrie, um, Johnny Impact, blah blah blah, other names, Mundo. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Joey Janela, Joey Janela, Tenniel Dashwood, and there's a new a new announcement that happened last a couple of days ago, and I haven't seen this guy before, but I believe he's on Impact. I'm just going to try to scroll down and find his name. No, it wasn't Jonah. It was Trey Miguel. Oh you know wow. Him? Yeah, X Division champion. I think he's current X Division champion. He might have go. lost that actually, but anyway, he's great. Yeah, fantastic. And um, just to uh, to jump into the next segment real briefly because it happens to be in quite closely related is a correction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mentioned um, Josh Alexander. That's not his name. It's John. His name is John Alexander, um, and. Uh, uh, he is the current Ring of Honor world champion. Um, no, it is Josh Alexander. Did you say John? Yes. You're talking about John. Gre- it's John Gresham, who's the Ring of Honor champion. Is our was one of our corrections. Is that what you mean? That is what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, hey, look, we're AEW marks, man. We didn't say we were impact on <laughs> me and names. Josh Alexander. At, well, this is the problem when you don't have names like Repo Man. You know what I mean? People get confused. People need to be uh, like, anyway, we've got an article coming up in a second that I'm very excited about. Yeah. yeah and so it's Josh Gresham. It's John Gresham. And Josh Alexander is the impact champion. Oh, well, is going up against Moose for the championship at the next impact pay-per-view. Right. So Josh Alexander is, is a wrestler. John Gresham is not Josh Gresham. <laughs> <laughs> and no, uh... yeah, John Gresham. John Gresham <laughs> comes out with like a big octopus mask and is like the a Ring of Honor champion. Josh Alexander is like kind of a cross between Rick Steiner and uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, and wears like a little wrestling, you know, those little wrestling earmuff things, but is like a technical expert. Yeah. Anyway, these this this promotion uh, has uh, four. Um, Yet to be named international stars. And I've got a good feeling who the next one's going to be, I reckon. Will Smith. Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Well, he's. I think he's going to be looking for work. So um, <laughs> uh, what else do we have? The Ring of Honor library does include All In. Is that, we were wrong yes. about that. Yes, that's right. Um, well, not really a correction, but just a bit of confirmation there because um, I, I had uh, uh, suggested that um, uh, they were going to be able to add that to their yearly cycle of, of uh, pay-per-views since Tony bought Ring of Honor, um, assuming that they had control of that name, and they indeed do. So, yeah, that was uh, something I picked up in an article on WrestlingInc.com. So just wanted to... Confirm that one. And oh, no. we've come on. I'm reading that. <laughs> I'm reading that wrong. It was a different article. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, we've kind of got a correction and an article, a news article. So we might as well sort of move into the news <clears throat> segment. Tony's talked quite a bit about Ring of Honor uh, in the lead up to the pay per view that airs Friday. So in a day and a half. Um, and he's talked about. A streaming service? You you do you know what the deal is with this? I know that uh, he has been uh, chatting with people at Warner Media. Um, I'm not sure uh, which uh, existing products that they've um, uh, got experience producing, but um, uh, they, I guess they're hoping. I mean. Warner controls TNT, right? That makes sense. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, there we go. Um, so, yeah, they're looking at options and um, working working at what the best choice will be for them to package up their product. So um, I presume then it'll come away from um, Fight TV and uh, Bleacher, Bleacher Report Live because uh, they're the current um, streaming right. services that are offering up their library. Oh, that sucks. So it'll be an A. So it'll be an AW streaming service, or it'll be like on HBO Max, which is Warner Brothers streaming service. Um, I haven't read anything. Certainly, nothing quoting Tony about HBO. Uh, so I can't 
can't offer any input there. I know it has been suggested in a couple of dirt sheets that um, HBO Max might have a relationship. They might be working on a relationship, but I don't see, remember seeing any quotes to back it up. Yeah, which would be fantastic for American viewers, not for the rest of the world because no. HBO Max is not available. Mm-hmm. So, again, it would have to be something where international distribution was different to American distribution. As it is now, yeah. Um, yeah, which it is now. So I suppose it doesn't – I don't know. I mean, they would they would be selling the American rights separately to international rights. So um, I just always panic about things being put behind paywalls that we can't access. You know, there's still these, like, walled gardens in different nations. And I know you can get a VPN and blah, 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 but – it's a pain in the ass. Anyway, yeah. and I like Fight, you know? Like, I like Fight as a as an app. You get yourself the Fight app and a Wi-Fi connection, and you're all sorted. It works um, pretty well but, for me. Yeah, me too. Um, Tony also spoke about uh, there being a Ring of Honor weekly show. He doesn't know exactly when that will air. doesn't know exactly where it will be. <laughs> um, but uh, he is definitely... It is definitely happening. So he is 100% confirmed there will be a weekly Ring of Honor show. Didn't really go into detail about what that means for AEW, whether it's part of the AEW universe or anything like that. I suppose they're all exciting details that we will find out about in good time. Um, <clears throat> but he yeah, basically just did the Tony Khan thing of, I'm a fan, I love Ring of Honor, and I can't wait to bring Ring of Honor back to everybody. And, you know, he's big Tony Khan salesman thing. but. Um, it worked on me. I'm super. I'm super excited to see what he does with Ring of Honor. Presumably, a lot of that will be set up at, um, as as uh, as of the conclusion of uh, Supercard of Honor. Yeah, you'd think so. He's not an idiot. He's going to get you to pay for that pay per view, and you'll find out what happens with Ring of Honor. Or you can watch Brian and Dave talk about it the next day, or listen to us three or four days later. Um, <laughs> Tony Khan and MJF had a fight on Saturday. Supposedly, yeah. Um, wasn't a huge one, just MJF, this is, it's kind of a weird story to me, right? Because the story goes that MJF talking about, the fight was over MJF talking about his contract status in promos and -hmm. not clearing it with the AEW PR department before doing it. But uh, doesn't, don't, don't all wrestlers bring what they're doing to Tony anyway? So is it is it like that MJF said, oh, I'm going to do one thing and then he's gone to the ring and done another thing and not? I don't know. The story doesn't really add up to me. No, this was actually about um, an interview that he did. Uh, it was like a, a, no, a very um, comprehensive, like an hour long or something. It was very detailed. Um, I, I've only seen little snippets. Uh, but, that makes um, a lot of sense. They were... Um, uh, he was making uh, comments about about Cody and saying, um, "Look, you know, he's proud, not proud of him, but he's, um, um, uh, you know, he applauds his, his, the move. Um, it, you get in this business for the money. Um, uh, I wouldn't re, I wouldn't extend my AEW contract before it ends unless they dropped a truckload of money on my desk. Um, and yeah, basically stuff like that." So um, uh, he's talking right. about so it was that. an interview, not because the link that I was reading that seemed to be suggesting that they were talking about his in-ring work that Tony was upset about, but Tony would have no. ticked off on that. So him doing a rogue interview, and t- that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, 
uh, Uncle Dave, that's Uncle Dave Meltzer for the in and uh, uninitiated, has said that everything is fine, nothing to worry about, everybody's all good friends again, just a bit of a dust-up, and um, yeah, everyone's good now. Kind of weird, you don't hear a lot of these stories coming out of AEW, so maybe it's a sign of things to come. The leaks are starting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Friday's edition of Rampage drew an average of 425,000 viewers, which is the second lowest in their regular time slot. Um, I mean, there isn't really too much for us to talk about here. I mean, do you think Rampage has been good since it debuted? Um, yes, but there have been... Um there have been episodes that were a little ho-hum, let's say. Um, uh, and I'm not... Um, and I suppose because of the, the frequency of really good quality ones, especially one where yeah, they're, they're sort of um, coming off the back of typically a, a, like a really superb Dynamite episode a couple of days prior, uh, you know, I don't hold it against them. Um, you can't um, you can't always hit it out of the park. Would it um, would it be easier for Rampage if they were if they swapped? Because <laughs> what you just said then resonated with me. It's like Dynamite is, is consistently great, and by the time I sort of get round to Rampage, it it does feel very much like the scraps of what yep. you know. What I mean, like if you look at this week, it's like, well, you know, all the big guns, Punk, Brian, Moxley, the Young Bucks, blah, 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 they're all on Dynamite. And then you've got people who I really like, but you've got people like Starks, Swerve, Team Taz, Hook, you know, like it's, well, Hook's Absolutely. all those guys that are in Team Taz, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a very Team Taz heavy episode. Um and I, I get that, like, they probably look at it as like, well, the time slot's 10 p.m., so if we get half a million, then we're winning anyway. But I don't know. I, I There's parts, there's times where I'm like, ah, oh, Rampage really does feel like the B show, which it is, but I don't know. How do you measure the success? Like, what's the metric for Rampage as a success? Is it half a million viewers at 10 p.m. on a Friday night? Um, is it trying to increase their viewership over a 12-month period? Probably both of those, right? Oh, absolutely. They'd be looking for um, uh, benchmarks like that to be able to gauge success. <clears throat> uh, I think they have to accept that there is going to be a lot of um, uh, volatility, especially because they are susceptible to uh, schedule changes when there's live sport. Mm. Um, so for that, they can't can't rely on a um a rusted on viewership yeah. um, i i wonder if the initial thought process of being essentially straight after smackdown has succeeded uh, the i remember reading um articles saying that aw's thought process was to to put themselves on the friday night after smackdown uh, so people who are watching wrestling would roll straight into a another you know another hour of wrestling 
But mm-hmm. uh, if wrestling Twitter is to be believed, then people are pretty polarized into <laughs> what they watch and what they don't watch. So maybe it's time to experiment and try and put Rampage somewhere else. Maybe before SmackDown, maybe on a Saturday night. Saturday night Rampage has got a nice ring to it. And then, of course, uh, you know, when you're going to schedule that new Ring of Honor show, too. These things well, then have that to can be go on Friday night. Carefully balanced. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose it depends on um, uh, who's who's going to be, uh, like which uh, broadcaster is going to be used because uh, they potentially won't have the um, issue of being, you know, pushed to a different time slot because of live sport. So they can just mm. be ha- have a consistent, you know, Friday night at nine or something, whatever, for, for Rampage. Oh, not for Rampage, for Ring of Honor. For Ring of Honor. Yeah, I think that makes a huge difference, man. Like just knowing, like, I can't, well, what's a show that was on at the same time every week forever? Well, Letterman was on at 11, a, 11 p.m. every night, you know, for 25 years. You, you just know that the, it's on. Like, oh, Letterman's on. <clears throat> That's probably a terrible example. But you know what I mean. The shows that have yeah. a regular spot, people know where to find them. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I could, me personally, I could talk about the political workings of television all night. But let's talk about the fact that the big show is actually going to do some wrestling in ring in AW, do you want to do you want to bring this home? Do you want to park this bus, or do you want me to tell the brother dudes what's happening? Yeah, he's he's going to um, uh, have a new character. He's going to dress up as Will Smith. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea in twenty twenty two, man. I think that uh, might be a little culturally insensitive. <laughs> No. Um, so he's actually got a different character. So uh, I guess this is um, uh, quite new for for uh, AEW. I think the only the only wrestler so far to do that is uh, Penta El Cerro Mierdo and Penta, what's his new name? <laughs> dark. Penta Dark. <laughs> Penta After Dark. <laughs> I think it's Penta Oscuro. Oscura, uh, whatever Spanish is for black, I think, or dark, or God, I'm I'm so wrong here. <laughs> I'm so out of my depth. <laughs> oh, on the roster page, it's actually got Penta El Cero M. Oh well, anyway, Penta Oscuro, I think that's what it is. So um, he has a slightly different outfit and a different name. Whereas uh, Paul White is actually going to be uh, using a character that he appeared as in. A, an Adam Sandler movie. Hmm. The Water Boy. And um, his name is Captain Insano. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think this is amazing. Like, I think it's ridiculous and amazing. And it's the kind of fun thing that happens in AEW that people from the outside will look at and go, oh, that's so dumb. Um, Paul White seems super excited about doing it. It was his idea. He took it to Tony. So, uh, cool. I'm always excited when the boys and girls are excited about what they're doing next. You know what I mean? Like, and if they've had input in it, and that's what happens in AEW. I just wondered, like, what's the. Does Adam Sandler have to be. Does Adam Sandler tick off on. (laughs) 
you know, because he's like a, almost a one-man gang with those Happy Madison films. Like he helps write them, he produces them, like he's, you know, like he's a, the big boss in those films. So does Paul White go to Adam Sandler and go, hey, man, do you mind if I do Captain Insano and AEW? It's a whole bunch of free publicity for you. You'd have to. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to. What a weird conversation to have, right? Like you've got okay, to call so, uh, Adam Sandler to... <laughs> <laughs> uh, in in uh, in this article, I found um, there's a there's a bit in here where it says that he was he was speaking on the Rob Brown show, and he said that uh, AEW and Tony Khan had secured the rights to use the character on TV. So presumably, secured the rights means he's given Mr. Sandler a call and said, uh, "Do you mind?" <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they paid money for it. I hope they didn't pay money for the name Captain Insano. That's And uh, really the only difference, he said, is that uh, he's not going to have the long, long mane of luxurious hair. Mate, his <laughs> hair, his hair uh, WCW 1997 is Eddie Vedder-ish-esque. It's beautiful. Um that's all the news that's fit to print. Should we have a quick chat about Dynamite? Let's get into it. Uh, so CM Punk and uh, Dax Harwood had one of the matches of the year. Did anyone see this coming? Uh, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't have designed it that way. But Jesus, they <laughs> they killed it. They killed it. <laughs> it. I mean, when you think about Dax and. Um, <clears throat> oh god, I always forget the other guy's name. Cash. Cash Wheel. Cash. Um I mean, like I'm a big fan of FTR, I make no bones about that. I was a big fan of them in, in WWE, I'm a big fan of them in AEW. Um, but it just shows that like until you give people a run as a sing I mean, Dax has done a few singles matches, but until they get to work with someone like Sam Punk. You don't know who can be a breakout star. You know, you got to try these things. But, um, yeah, I wonder if this – does this go anywhere or is it just a one-and-done match and both guys move on to their respective storylines? Because it seems like FTR are going to go up against the arse boys. Uh, yes, uh, they are. And um, and it really does appear as though that they're going to um, – they're going to – Flip over to the the heel side. Oh, sorry, the uh, face side. Um, real soon, mm. and be managed by the best there is, the best there was. Um, and uh, it was really the, the 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 element that they used in this particular um match to help push that story along was the fact that Cash came to the top of the stage and just patted him on the back, turned around, went back into the tunnel. And then right at the end, um, he, I think he just came out to check that he was okay or something and then just walked back. Right. There was no, there was no uh, attempt to cheat. There was no beating on um, CM Punk. Um, hmm. So, yeah, none of the typical behavior that you would have previously expected FTR to get up to. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting booking angle, uh, and I still do. I think it's well done. Until I've just been watching some old nitros because that's what I do when I'm trying to get to sleep, and it's something that Eric Bischoff did a lot with the Steiner brothers. If he wanted to get a star over, he would put them in the ring with either Rick 
um, oh my god, I'm forgetting the more famous one's name. Uh, uh, Scott. Uh, Scott. Scott. Um, and it helps put the Steiners over because they compete with you know Lex Luger or Sting or whoever. Um, and it puts the single competitor over as well because they have a great match. So I mean, it makes sense. But yeah. Going into Dynamite, I was a bit like, hmm, CM Punk versus Dax Harwood. And by the end of it, I was like, holy shit. That's what we talked about last week where we're like, maybe it's one of those AEW matches where you don't think of it being much and then by the end of it, you're like, Dax Harwood is my new favourite wrestler. (laughs) He should be the champ. (laughs) Put the belt on him. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of belts being on people, it's only a matter of time before John Moxley and Daniel Bryan are tag team champions. Uh, they beat the Varsity Blondes this week. Um, there's still the crossover with the House of Black with, um, is it Kelly? No, that's my girlfriend's name. What's the um, what's their manager's name? Julia Hart. Varsity Blonde. Julia Hart. Um, going, she's getting more and more emo every week. This week she just stared in the crowd like a petulant teenager. Um, so it's only a matter, matter of time before she joins the House of Black, right? Um, but the coolest thing that happened here was that William Regal and John, well, John Moxley did the majority of the talking and Brian Danielson announced that their faction now has a name and it's called Blackpool Combat Club. Paul, is this the coolest name ever in the history of wrestling uh, when it comes to factions names? <laughs> you got damn right it is. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, what, it. The story seems to be that William Uda is going to go under the tutelage of these guys and they're essentially going to have a dojo. I feel like they're Cobra Kai. Like that's what they're doing. Like they're going to be a bad dojo uh, or evil dojo. Uh, do you see potential in William Uda? Because I don't mean to sound like an arsehole, but I don't. Well, I don't mean to sound like an arsehole, but I'll correct you. His name's Wheeler. Wheeler, Wheeler Uda. Uda. What did I say? William. William. Sorry. Wheel is much cooler, but yeah, I don't, um, I don't see like I'm probably wrong, right? Like by the end of the year, he'll probably be my favorite wrestler. But right now, uh, in ring, I see a little bit on the mic. I I really think he struggles, and I just wonder how much potential there is with Mister Yuta. Am I being yeah. Um Look, uh, this has uh, you know, been a theme of our conversations many times that we look, look at a particular match or a particular talent and just think, mm, what, really? And then a couple of weeks later, oh, my God, they're amazing. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this, is, this is sort of somewhat similar to what I was thinking about. Um, about um, the person whose name... Cannot be spoken. Um, oh, what the fuck is his name? Cody the, Rhodes. Um, <laughs> no, he, he's in, he's in a tag, tag team with his brother, um, and uh, his brother was injured for a year. Oh, um, Dante Martin. Dante Martin. <laughs> there we go. Right, now, his ring work, spectacular. Yeah. Um, but he was, like, he just, he, 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 he's got a, this complete blank look on his face. And yeah, at all times. Yeah. At all times. And... Mm. Um, uh, can't can't really talk, can't really handle a microphone. So, um, uh, you know, they seem to push him for a while, and then sort of he's dribbled down the uh, the 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 uh, priority list again. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe he would benefit from a, 
um, a mouthpiece manager like like Wheeler would. Oh. Um, and so you know we've we've got um, we've got uh, William Regal in this case, of course. So he'd be capable of doing that. So yeah, look, I think it's definitely got potential, and they um, the <laughs> you you can't deny the um, the um, uh, knowledge. That uh, the combined years of knowledge and experience that those men have, and and what they would know to uh, to be able to identify uh, potential young talent. So you know, ride, ride with it for a bit and see how it goes. Yeah, well, I'm watching you, <laughs> cool guy, combat club guys. Um, Jay Lethal and Adam Cole had a very very good match. Uh, and I just thought it was interesting that there was those Tony's talked about how he's tried to give a little nod to Ring of Honor fans each week, and this is obviously that uh, both ex Ring of Honor world champions. I'm interested to see, like, would it be a loss for Jay Lethal to reappear on the Ring of Honor show, seeing that, like? Seeing he was kind of the big signing from Ring of Honor across to AEW, let's say he ends up back on Ring of Honor. Is that Jay Lethal taking a backward step in his career if he was to do that? Or do you think under a revitalized Ring of Honor with different booking, you know, he could be elevated to champion and, and really kick off from there? Well, let's um, also consider um, his little promo on Rampage where he was repeating there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way after saying that the only losses that he'd suffered were to cheats. So hmm. does this suggest that he's going to you know, have a heel turn for a while? You'd think so. You'd think so, yeah. <laughs> um, now, I don't know if I'd necessarily consider that to be a um, like a demotion. Uh, they've got so much talent that yeah. you could have another show um, and it could be just as good or better than Rampage, potentially as good as Dynamite because of the number of really uh, top quality workers on the roster. So what, what about if, um, you know, let's say after a month it becomes really apparent that Tony's booking is really that good? and is just as good on Ring of Honor as it is in AEW, would would you consider sending an Adam Cole to Ring of Honor to be the champion there uh, and build him up kind of in the way that Kenny Omega was working on Impact for six months to build up his ring collector storyline? And then you have a champion versus champions match, Hangman Adam Page, AEW heavyweight champion versus Adam Cole, Ring of Honor champion. Oh, I'd love it. That'd be brilliant. That's a really good storyline. I just made that up off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I would Why love not? that. It would be amazing, right? Works for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm asking that question like, is that a good idea? It's like, yeah, it's a great <laughs> But it wouldn't I, I think some people might see that as um, you know, because Adam Cole, you know, there's a lot of well, let's face it, there's a lot of dub fed marks on Twitter who will say things like, Oh, Adam Cole, you know. When he lost to Hangman, for example, like, oh, they're burying Adam Cole, blah, 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 blah. Do you think from the outside in, if you were to send Cole to Ring of Honor, that would be seen as burying Adam or a waste of his talent? No, I don't think so. Um, uh, the 
there's there's myriad ways that he could he could thrive, um, and then um, potentially uh, establish the new show with a following, um, and then mm. you know come back and do something else for a while, maybe you know be a tag champ for a bit. Or um, uh, you know, just let some of the some of the um, the young signees uh, who are uh, doing well on dark actually get a chance to you know get some TV time. So I don't yeah. think it would be a demotion. No, I mean me either. I'm just sort of played devil's advocate, but I think it's a real opportunity for someone on that roster to take the bull by the horns and ask to go to Ring of Honor. You know, if Absolutely. I was if I was a I don't know, if I was Orange Cassidy maybe or you know, like if Tony didn't have championship plans for me for the next six, twelve months, I'd be like, Okay, well send me to Ring of Honor, make me champion there. You know, if yeah, I'm look, an upper mid guy. If you take out um Keith Lee, uh Brody King, CM Punk, um Buddy Matthews, uh Brian Danielson like these guys have come in just recently and they're working every week. Yeah. Whereas there were other other members of the roster that have been there for for months, years, some of them from the very beginning and they just you know don't have a don't have a job anymore. Uh oh, sorry, don't you know are are rostered uh, are still yeah. are still um part of the ongoing plans for the company but they're just being pushed down out of the the schedule because they've got they've got to treat these. You have to you, you can't not have these big yeah, names on TV. Not book Sam Punk exactly. <laughs> you can't not book Brian Danielson. So yeah. I would I would love if I'm if I'm a pro wrestler, but I'm going to have to work indie shows because I just would need to get into the ring to do my work. Just say yes, put me on this new Ring of Honor show, please. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what they what they do with it. Um, something that I'm not overly excited about is Sammy and Tay's uh, <laughs> behavior at the moment. Put it away. Uh, what did you make of this promo? I, it was like the first time in a while. This, I'll just quickly give my thoughts and then I hope I'm not stepping on your toes too much. But uh, I understand that they're, the booking around um, – American tough team or whatever the fuck they're called, Dan Lambert, um, has always been a bit Jerry Springer-ish. And I get mm. that that's what those segments are. I get that. But I, I just it just feels so fed to me. And I I actually was I found this segment like I wasn't offended. I was just like, ah, oh, that's fucking mid. To quote the great man MJF. That's <laughs> mid, man. Well, what do you make uh, of all of this? I, I actually saw the photo that um, yeah. ta- ta- Sammy and, and Ty Conti uh, shared on Twitter of them on a bed with nothing on except for the belt mm-hmm. prior to the prior to he- hearing the promo. Um, and you know, I've <laughs> said this weeks ago. Uh, look, we get it. You're very happy together got your names tattooed on each other yes they have just recently oh god oh, jesus uh, very pretty <laughs> I didn't know that. good for you just put it away yeah oh, god. 
even if there wasn't, even if Sammy hadn't proposed to his last girlfriend on AEW television, mm-hmm. <laughs> which has been completely forgotten about, like that's a bit fed as well. Um, oh, no, no, no. It hasn't been forgotten about. He actually has, uh, he and Tay have, have addressed it saying, um, you know, that it's, these, 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 uh, these things are completely not connected. You know, um, it was very disappointing that they didn't work out with whatever her name was. I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, essentially trying, trying to, um, uh, trying to uh, distance himself from the idea that he was fucking someone else while he was that's engaged it, to somebody. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, okay. yes, yes. yeah, cool, man. Look, you're a wrestler. You're on the road. We all know how this goes. Okay, you're not the first guy to have cheated on his wife with one of the girls that you work with. It's it's fine. Just be honest about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> or shut up. Yeah, like one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, let's get back to the wrestling. Nyla Rose is in another title angle. I get that she's not going to beat Thunder Rosa. I am not a fan of Nyla Rose. Really? I'm definitely. Yeah, really? I'm not. Yeah, I know I've said it a lot, but I just, I'm just not. And it's got nothing to do with her as a person. It's, it's her in ring work. I think it's really bad. I think her promos are okay, but her her in ring work is just dull. I just find it really dull, and I I just get so frustrated. I know that Deeb and Hikaru Shida are in their own thing, um, and I know that you can't have Britt Baker, but uh, the rumor flying around is that uh, Tony Storm is going to debut this this week for AEW, and I hope she does, man. I hope she goes straight into the title pitch. I'm not usually a big fan of that, but uh, if it means Nyla Rose gets bumped out of... <laughs> Title story with, because I don't want to watch eight eight. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch eight <laughs> weeks of uh, Nyla Rose and Thunder Thunder Rosa going head to head. Am I being the biggest douche in the world with this opinion? Um, no. Uh, but I'm 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 also trying to um, imagine what likely scenarios that we could um, come up with to put together some decent programs for for Thunder Rosa to, um, you know, be to enjoy a good run like she deserves to. Um, well, I don't know what's happened with Ruby Soho, but that would be my first choice is to just have a face-face storyline. And it doesn't even have to be something that end, but have it run for till the next pay-per-view. Mm. Have Thunder beat. Ruby, but make her look strong, and then she can go away. Maybe come back as a as a heel or turn Ruby heel. You know, I know she's the runaway and all that sort of thing, and that's her gimmick. But you'd get great promos from both. You'd be able to tell a great story. The in ring work would be sensational from the two of them. And um, yeah, and you went out and got her, so utilize it. She must be injured or something, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure what her status is. I, I've I've seen um, little clips of some work that she's been doing doing on dark, but I'm you know they they they, they, they 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 could have been recorded months ago. I don't know. Oh, I, I had, don't Tony, know how it works. Tony, Tony, and I'm not talking about my favorite '90s R&B band, Tony, Tony, Tony. I'm talking to you, TK. I know you listen. Get Ruby Soho on the goddamn dynamites. Well, maybe she's working as a mentor. I don't know. Maybe she's doing. Maybe she's doing talent relations or something for. Oh. Um... Mate, <laughs> get John Laronitis if you want talent relations. <laughs> <laughs> who would you put? So I've I've got Ruby Soho. Who would you 
out of the current women's roster, who would you put up against Thunder for her first storyline? Uh, let's have a bit of a look here. Um, I haven't seen Abaddon on TV for a long time. <laughs> yeah, um, great. Would yep. love that. Something different. Uh, I think Abaddon's a huge talent, man. Yeah. Would love to see her on, on regular TV. Uh, Jamie Hayter, although she's pretty too close to Britt Baker. I yeah. We need a bit of breathing space before starting that. Um, I think Paige Van Sant, it's, she's probably going to work with Ty Conti for a while and then move on to, um, move on to the TBS belt. Um, yeah. Penelope I mean, Ford? you could have uh, mm. you could have Tay Conti, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, she whether she is meaning to or not, she's starting to come across like a heel. So you could have her go up against Thunder Rosa. Yeah, Emi Sakura. Uh, I, I think the big one for me outside of Ruby Soho is Chris Statlander. And I know for some reason they're building up a storyline between her and Layla Hirsch, which I don't think anyone cares about. No, it's yeah, I, that one's dying in the ass. Yeah, I would 100% put Chris Statler. Chris has been in and around the title picture for well, ever since she debuted, right? So I think she could absolutely, you could turn her heel, um, which is, I know it's a little difficult because she's in Best Friends, but you could definitely turn her heel. She's the big heel coming after Thunder Rosa. Writes itself. Um, I mean, then, then of course, there's the bunny. Uh, yep. But um, how um, uh, w- would it would it be um, would it be a bit of an insult to put uh, Thunder Rosa into program a world a, a championship program with uh, Thunder Rosa? I don't know. Maybe. Well, I don't think so. I think it's a it would be a reward for Bunny doing great work, like really great hard work <laughs> for the last couple of years. Well, you know? she's—I mean, definitely the the um, the lights out match that she had with Anna Jay and um, and the other two—that <laughs> was pretty yeah. impressive from a from a shock and awe perspective. That was pretty impressive. It wasn't a great match, but um, she certainly put her body on the line. Um, hey, speaking of Bunny, uh, she is going to be in um, one of the uh, I think the opening round of the Owen Hart Cup. Next week on Dynamite. Yeah, um, super I exciting. Know, I don't know what the Owen Hart Cup prize is. Does it just mean you get a cup, or um, or does it mean you get uh, uh, you become a contender to, to for for one of the other belts? But um, I think it's number one contendership. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, uh, but she is she's uh, in a match next week on Dynamite uh, against a yet to be announced de- announced debuting wrestler. I'm pretty sure who I know who it is. I think it's Jill Smith. Who's Jill Smith? Uh, Jill Smith, <laughs> you got me. You got... <laughs> Genuinely funny, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, it's Tony Storm, right? Yeah, pretty that's, sure. It's uh, <laughs> that's the word on the street. A uh, few people seem to be pushing that it's Ember Moon. I cannot remember her non-WWE name off the top of my head. but Athena. I, Athena, that's right. Um, yeah, I think it'll be I think it'll be Tony Storm. Tony Storm, 
for me, out of all those people who are available, she was the one to go and get. Absolutely, could be a star. Um, yeah, sorry, this article is too long for me to be able to read and host a podcast at the same time. So I think it's for the number one <laughs> contendership. <laughs> we'll find out tomorrow. Um, Jericho Garcia versus Reynolds and Silva was a sleeper hit for me. Like I expected this to be a decent, decent match. It was probably the match that the last five minutes of that match, Jericho did some fantastic tag chain wrestling that was just superb to watch. Um, I am really, really enjoying this heel version of Jericho. Um, as you know, Paul, you've known me for a long time. I am a massive fan of Jericho, but I've had some personal things come along that have made me not be as big a fan. But, dude, his, his wrestling work in the last... I mean, the whole time he's been in AEW, but the last month, it's, I've just loved it. He looks great. He's wrestling well. His promos are amazing. He's putting the boy, he's putting the kids over, which is all that he's done since he's come to AEW. I mean, he's just, he's just superb. You know, the one thing that really stood out for me from this match was that um, I, I was shocked that there was very little, uh, if any, Healy chicanery. It was just a really good match. Yeah, I think AEW have come to the conclusion, although the first match on Rampage is the complete opposite. <laughs> but I think also for the most part, they they don't deal in screwy finishes because it's bullshit. Like people who come to AEW shows come to watch wrestling. They don't come to watch soap operas. So you want to see wrestling matches. You want to see clean finishes and, um, yeah, I... I I enjoy that. I think there's a tendency. I know it's happened a lot in the past, but I feel like there is a tendency that's moving more and more towards more clean finishes and not as much interference because I think it was starting to get a little crazy in AEW. Yeah, there is typically um, some kind of low blow or, you know, uh, baseball bat involvement or chair shot that somehow the referee doesn't see. Especially when there's heels involved, so yeah, yeah that's what I was but, totally I mean, expecting. That's wrestling storytelling, right? For the yeah. most part, that's yeah, that's just totally yeah, absolutely what I was expecting from from the um, from this new faction, and it didn't it didn't happen, but it certainly didn't disappoint me. It's a great match. No, no, not at all. I really enjoyed it. Um, let's jump into Rampage real quick. Did did you end up getting to watch it, or was it just myself that? I, I um, uh, fast-forwarded through, so, yeah, saw, saw right. a fair bit. Uh, so we had a 12-minute match between Dustin Rhodes and the Murder Hawk, uh, which ended in a surprise roll-up. They don't do this very often at all, AW, a surprise roll-up. I think I can remember three or four in three years off the top of my head. Um Simon Miller will be going crazy on his weekly uh, with his little weekly chart of surprise roll-ups that he's got, although I think he only counts them in WWE. Anyway, um, and then we had the Mur Murderhawk beat uh, the living crap out of uh, Dustin Rhodes after this to show how much of a badass he is. I suppose the, um, the main question is how long does Tony Khan push <laughs> Lance Archer uh, before he realizes that no one really cares about Lance Archer. Oh, I gotta tell, tell it like really it is, think. man. I gotta tell it like it is. 
We're 50 um, minutes in this podcast, man. I got I got to say some controversial things to keep the peeps listening. <laughs> uh, well, I, let I, me rephrase I, it. I, I, I'm I not think, interested in Lance. Yeah. Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Lance has a has a has a role to play. Um, exactly what that is, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to really how really paint it. But um, I, I, I think he has. Look, the first time I saw him was um, in a Texas. What do they call it? Texas death match. Texas, yeah. Yeah, Texas yeah. death match um, uh, against John Moxley, and it was for the uh, New Japan US title. Um, that was a good match. And yeah, it was great. It was brutal. Um, and um, yeah, both of them did really well. Um, I I think that he could uh, maybe maybe he, could, he should go at work GCW for a while. I don't know. It just he, he probably needs a better. A, a better venue for the kind of work that he's really good at. So, yeah. That's yeah. Or or if they are going to push him, I think they really need to start from the start again. Like, like they, Wardlow? Yeah, almost. Mm. Almost something like that. Like genuinely have him start at the bottom and work his way up so people get to know him as a character, whether that's a heel or a face. I feel like since he's debuted, there's been two or three times where he's reappeared and almost been instantaneously in a title picture. Um, and I don't think AEW fans like that. You you want the storytelling, right? And Lance Archer is not Brock Lesnar. It's not, you know what I mean? Like he's not the kind of character that just demands to be the champion like Brock Lesnar does over in the Fed. So... Um, yeah, I think it's one of the rare missteps from Tony storytelling-wise with Lance Archer that it's just not hitting, I don't think, and it's not really anyone's fault. I just think they need to do a bit more work with him. But him and GCW, I'd love to say. I think that's a great suggestion. Yeah, well, let's just um, consider uh, other big guys and uh, those that have uh, succeeded. So um, I think what they're doing with uh, Wardlow is fantastic. Yeah. Um, the power bombs um, that he, the 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 squash matches that he had over a series of months were brilliant. Yeah. Um. Uh, and he that definitely elevated him big time. Um. Not that he wasn't over beforehand. I think everyone could see that he had some real potential there. Uh, then there's uh, someone like Keith Lee. Now he already had a following, so. Um, hmm. Uh, it's hard to really compare, um, but they're doing they're doing the work with Keith Lee as well. They didn't put him straight into title picture. Like he's got this sort of Keith Lee versus Team Taz thing happening, mm-hmm. alliance with Swerve. Like there's a story being told there. Yeah, um, Jake Hager. Um, Look, I'll put it this way: Will man. When, when Jack mm-hmm. Swagger worked on WWE, I hated him. I hated him. Him and Alberto Del Rio were the champion and US champion for the longest time in WWE, and I couldn't stand either of them. And Jericho and Tony Khan made me tolerate uh, Jake. <laughs> so I think, like, as long as he st- if he continues to just work as Jericho's monster, he's great. Yeah, Bruce, um, would Rusev be considered in that 
super heavyweight class? Oh, Miro. Um, did I say Rusev? Shit. Yes, you did. Miro. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, who else we got in there? Uh, that's all I can think of. Big Will Hobbs. Yeah, yeah, Willie Hobbs. They've been doing good work with Will Hobbs, I think, for a long time and just slowly building him up. Uh, they've got some bigger guys now. Maybe um, with Archer, because he's uh, he's been either solo or with um, Jake the Snake as a manager and now Darren Dan Lambert. Lambert um, that's the difference that stands out to me uh, compared to a lot of the others, not not Miros per se, but all of the others that I can think of that we've just talked about have had um, pairings. They've been working mm. with other wrestlers. They've had, um, you know, uh, chances for them to be put on screen and communicate together with other wrestlers, to team together, to, you know, uh, get involved in, um, factions or, or tag matches, uh, and um, yeah, I wonder how. I wonder what options we'd have there have for for Archer to do something like that. Nothing stands out to me, but just something that I no, you know, not off the top of my head. I will say I found the presentation of him and Jake the Snake a little confusing at times. I know it was during the pandemic era, and it was difficult because Jake was away a bit because of. I think he got COVID, but also he's an older guy, has some respiratory problems, so there'd be times where he wasn't there and times where he was. But there were times where Jake the Snake would start the promo and Lance Archer would finish it. It's like, no, no, I, I just was always really disappointed with that. Like, you've hired Jake the Snake to be a manager, to be a mouthpiece for this guy. Let him do the whole promo. Like, it, I'm casting aspersions here, but it felt like that maybe Lance Archer was pushing his way into doing the promos when it was meant to be Jake the Snake that was doing it. Um, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think a mouthpiece, look, a Paul Heyman type as the advocate for Lance Archer would be stupendous. So if you can find if you can find someone as good as Paul Heyman off the top of your head, um, that <laughs> that's two mm. compliments I've given to mm. WWE tonight. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, is QT Marshall dragging down Hook? I know he's a ham and egger for Hook, but God, I hate QT Marshall, man. Um, look, I, I I didn't mind this. Um, I I didn't. I, I I was a little concerned for um, for uh, Aaron Solo because when I looked at uh, Hook headbutting the um, the framed certificate, um, when I looked at the uh, the 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 the, the, um, the aftermath of that. Mm. Um, uh, QT Marshall was holding it, and it was the glass was was shattered, but it wasn't broken like you know candy glass or um, or uh, you know like a windscreen into cubes. These were shards. This was just this was regular old glass. So <laughs> I hope he didn't uh, get his uh, his face split open. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. Look, it finished. It was quick. It was brief. So didn't bother me that much. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I just. Look, we've talked about how much the two of us love Hook way more than we should for a couple of middle-aged men talking about it. A boy, essentially. It's a bit weird. But um, I think we're at the point 
if not now, soon, where we need to see Hook actually going up and being in a a storyline. I know Tony loves to play the long game. He might do this with Hook for another six, twelve months. But um, uh, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see him wrestle because you know his dad was half decent in the ring. So if he's got half the ability that uh, the old man does, I'd, I'd really like to see what he can do. You know. Oh, it'll happen. Uh, Swerve versus Starks. I love this match. I really, really enjoyed it. Saw some criticism uh, from guys like Michael Sidgwick at uh, Wrestle Talk that it just didn't click for him, um, which I don't really quite understand that criticism, Sidge. But anyway, um, what what did you think? Uh, it was all right. Uh, you mentioned that um, some people thought it was sloppy. Look. Yeah, Slop- sloppy is what I thought of the first match, especially the finish to it. Yeah, me I too. Thought, what was that about? But um, no, this one, you know, it was fine. Uh, as I said, I didn't, um, I didn't watch the uh, watch the whole thing in regular time. I, I just thought m- the only thing I can think of is the styles are slightly similar, um, but for me, that just resulted in a better match. I, I don't know. I, I look. Everyone has their thing. I, I know that uh, Sidge at WrestleTalk, for example, is very much into like um, he loves his black trunks and black boots. He's a William, he's a William Regal guy. You know what I mean? So maybe he doesn't like the pizzazz as much as I do. But uh, yeah, I love both of these guys. I genuinely think they they could be the future of the company. Like when I was watching them wrestle, it's like there's no way that. Like both of these guys just have so much fucking charisma. Like you you show these guys doing promos and wrestling, people will watch the next week. Oh, I'm convinced of it. Anyway, speaking of the week, what was your spot of the week, my friend? Uh, well, look, this is probably the easiest one for that I've done uh, in all of our Wrestle Wolf episodes. No question, Jeff freaking Hardy. <laughs> Climbing up that ladder. Jumping off, I don't know how high it was, but it looked like it was probably about five meters or something crazy. A ledge. It's like 30 foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and uh, and then doing his swanton bomb onto yeah. the Butcher and the Blade. Holy shit bolt. And that Phenomenal, was just man. after Darby Allen rolling down a, uh, not rolling, being thrown down a cement staircase. But. Uh, yeah, the Swanton yeah, Bomb. And that's on that's weekly amazing. TV. This isn't on a pay-per-view. <laughs> this is just on the weekly show. They just give it away for free. Wow. Mental. Um, speaking of giving away for free, we give away this podcast for free, and we appreciate you listening to it each and every week. Um, I love talking to you about wrestling poorly. It's genuinely one of the highlights of my week. Um, if you want to support us in doing that uh you can um i need to put the link for our patreon and buy me a coffee pages on the link so you guys can actually put give us a little bit of money if you want that'd be fucking great uh otherwise you can rate and review da, 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 all that kind of stuff um but until next week brother friends uh may your wrestling be good wrestling and his name, his name is, is anthony, anthony bowens, bowens.